Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America, and I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is June 26th, 2022. Oh my God, it's almost freaking July. Holy crap, right? All right. <clears throat> All right, Sunday. Uh, Sunday show. I'm mixing things up a little bit. I understand um, but I got, uh, an appointment tomorrow when I get done with work, so I'm not gonna be able to do the show tomorrow, so here I am today. Wish I could have done a show on Friday, because obviously, we had a lot happen between Thursday and Friday in the Supreme Court, um, but before I get to those two massive, uh, decisions that were made, I just want to tell you guys, please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you could please share this with your friends, Subscribe to the show, and um, please, if there's an option to give a rating for the show, if you could please do that, five-star preferably. But like I said, please share this with your friends, and also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Don't Tread on America, and also on the Twitter machine at uh, DTOM underscore 1775, and if you could please uh, follow us there and, and on any one of those or all those, and also share that with your friends, and also uh, subscribe to the website, don'ttreadallamerica.com. All right, let's jump into this so we can uh, get this show on the road, so to speak, right? All right, so like I was saying at the beginning here, two massive decisions coming out of the Supreme Court, and then, and also, <laughs> what was it, Friday, we had a bill signed by President Poopy Pants. So we're going to get into all those things here in just a second. But um, it's very, very interesting. So first off, we'll talk about the um, the the Supreme Court's decision on the New York rule about concealed carry license. So basically, in the state of New York, they are a what they call a uh, May issue, I think is what it's called, a concealed weapon. So basically. In order to get a concealed permit in the state of New York, you have to be a couple of things. You have to be rich and have a pretty darn good reason because they just don't, like in Florida, basically, I don't want to say it like this, anyone can get a concealed carry permit. It doesn't work like that as much as people might believe that's how it works. In the state of Florida, you have to go through a class. It's usually you know, like a four-hour, five-hour class. You have to be certified by an NRA uh, instructor, um, do all the paperwork, certified by the instructor. Then you have to go to your local sheriff's department, do fingerprinting, fill out the forms, mail it in to the uh, Department of Agriculture. And right now, Nikki Freed isn't the most uh, quickest to get things done, but nonetheless. Um, and generally, you go through an extensive background check. Once that's all you know, situated, it's a done deal. 
you don't um you, you don't just it's, it's it's a lot harder in getting a driver's license and uh <clears throat> contrary to popular opinion but in new york it's pretty much the same thing but you could go through all those hoops and do all that stuff and and it's not a quick process even in florida it's not a quick process which we're hoping that uh DeSantis has already said that he's committed to an open uh constitutional carry essentially which a lot of states i don't know exactly how many 13 15 states already have different varying levels of what it is open carry constitutional carry um if i have a hope that uh whenever he does whenever this does come to fruition in florida that he does the georgia rule that they do that one because that's basically open carry concealed carry whatever the case may be because i don't know concealed carry is one thing but to be able to strap a you know 1911 or a six shooter or whatever on your side it's kind of that's gonna be kind of cool i think personally um but essentially (laughs) contrary to popular opinion uh, i read an article granted it was from glamour magazine so take that for what it's worth but it's to the point where you have different types of magazines that that um garner to a specific genre like glamour is obviously focused towards women or people that pretend to be women whatever and uh <laughs> i started reading this article i'm like this thing this is 100 percent false but it they do this and i'm not just talking about glamour other magazines and newspapers i mean more so magazines and newspapers do this to get the ire of their target audience in a sense to create this tremendous backlash towards whatever the topic is. So I didn't save the article just because it was garbage, but basically what they said in the article was this um, Supreme Court ruling to overturn the concealed carry uh, situation in New York, just basically now anyone can carry a gun. And that's not (laughs) what the ruling did. So in New York, to, um, to get a concealed carry gun, you have to um, show proper cause. So the existing standard required an applicant to show proper cause for seeking a license and allow the New York officials to exercise discretion in determining whether that person has shown good enough reason for needing to carry a firearm, stating that one wish to protect themselves or their property wasn't enough. So like in Florida... You don't have to have a concealed carry permit to... So in Florida, we have what they call a castle doctrine, okay? And essentially what that means is wherever you're at is your castle, okay? Is your domain, and you're able to protect yourself and your domain. So if you're at your house, apartment, condo, uh, let's say you're on vacation, you're at a hotel at the beach, whatever the case may be, that's your castle. Furthermore... If you're in your vehicle in the state of Florida, that is, guess what, your castle, okay? So there is that caveat in Florida to, if you don't have your concealed carry, the difference between concealed carry and the castle doctrine is if you have your concealed carry permit, you can obviously conceal it and carry it with you. So you can go to wherever except for certain places like bars and federal buildings and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, uh, 
the um, in the state of New York, you go through. I'm assuming you like in Florida to get your concealer, you have to go through training and whatnot. I would assume you have to do the same thing. But once you do all that, you in your um, back, you know, when you're filling out your background, your paperwork and whatnot, you have to give a a proper cause. So if you're a female and you're uh, being threatened by an ex-boyfriend or ex-husband or whatever the case may be, and you might fill out this paperwork saying you want to carry a gun because, you know, your ex-husband's threatening you and you would feel safer being able to carry a, you know, a little 308 or whatever the case may be. Um, if you're just Jane Smith from, you know, <laughs> from Poughkeepsie, New York, you're probably not going to get it. Um, and no offense to anyone from Poughkeepsie that's named James Smith. I'm just throwing a name in a city out there, but nonetheless. Um, so what the um, Supreme Court did was say that that, is, that question is unconstitutional. So <laughs> contrary to Glamour's report saying, oh, now that they've struck this down, anyone can carry a gun. No, that's not true. Much like in the case of what we'll talk about here in a little bit with the with the uh, abortion situation, <laughs> they didn't. Well, they did overturn Roe versus Wade, but it doesn't mean that abortion is illegal now. That's not what it means. But we'll get into that here in a second. But nonetheless, so you know, in this case, petitioners and respondents agree that ordinary law-abiding citizens have a similar right to carry handguns publicly for their self-defense. We too agree now hold consistent with Heller and McDonald that the Second and Fourteenth Amendments protect that individual's right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside the home. This is what Justin Clarence wrote in the uh, court's opinion, referencing two previous gun cases. Because the state of New York issues public carry, uh, par- blah, blah, public carry license only when the applicant demonstrates a specific need for self-defense, we conclude the state's licensing regime violates the Constitution. Now, before I before I go on here, I want you, I want to keep you guys aware. Everyone knows what the Second Amendment is. We constantly talk about it. You constantly hear about it on the news. But something that is interesting, and I'm going to get into this here in a few minutes, that Justice uh, Thomas said specifically referencing the Fourteenth Amendment, and I'll tell you why here in just a minute. But nonetheless, let me read on here. So Thomas noted the state statute does not define what proper cause means and that courts had ruled that the standard was met by people who showed a special need for self-protection. This special need standard is demanding, Thomas wrote, for example, living or working in an area noted for criminal activity does not suffice. In 43 other states, Thomas noted, authorities are required to issue licenses to applicants who meet certain requirements and officials do not have discretion to say uh, or do what they believe is in, uh, is an insufficient need. In an occurring opinion, uh, Justice Kavanaugh noted that Thursday's ruling does not prohibit states from setting requirements to obtain a carry license, that it addresses only the usual distre- discretionary licensing regimes. The case New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin was the first major gun case to go before the Supreme Court in more than a decade in a majority opinion, Thomas referenced 2010's McDonald versus the city of Chicago and 08's DC versus Heller in his reasoning for Thursday's ruling. As we stated in Heller 
and repeated in McDonald, individual self-defense is a central component to the Second Amendment. The Justice cited he also referenced how Heller made clear that restrictions on carrying guns in a sensitive place is permissible and how New York was wrong for arguing that the law was merely just that. We do think respondents' error in the attempt to characterize New York's uh, proper cause requirements as a sensitive place law, Thomas wrote, explaining that New York uh, viewed sensitive places as anywhere where uh, people typically congregate and where law enforcement and other public safety professionals are presumptively available. This definition, Thomas said, was too broad. Put simply, there is no historical basis for the New York for New York to effectively declare the island of Manhattan a sensitive place simply because it's crowded and protected generally by New York City police. The conservative justice also looked at the plain language of the Second Amendment, which protects the rights to keep and bear arms. He described keeping and bearing as two separate things, noting that Heller defines bear as to wear, bear, or carry. This implies public carrying, Thomas said, because someone would not generally wear their gun in a holster at home, but would keep it somewhere. So what I'm hoping and what I, what I can almost see happening because of this, this um, decision is that you're going to see states like Florida and these other states that don't have constitutional carry. This is going to open the door to just go ahead and do it. Because just like he says, keep and bear arms are two different. So obviously if I'm sitting in my home, I'm not holstered up like you know, you know, I might have my gun wherever, but I'm not holstered up ready to have a shootout. <laughs> but to be able to bear arms is to show them. Um, so the court's opinion also said the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms should not be um, held to a lower standard than other constitutional rights. We know of no other constitutional right that any individual may exercise only after demonstrating to a government officer with some special need. That is not how the First Amendment works when it comes to unpopular speech or free exercise of religion. It is not how the Sixth Amendment works when it comes to defendants' right to confront their their witnesses against them. It is not how the Second Amendment works when it comes to public carry or self-defense. Stephen Justice Breyer wrote uh, an impassioned dissenting opinion which he referenced present-day fever, or fervor, I'm sorry, over gun violence as a recent event, joined by Justice Kagan and Sotomayor. Uh, Breyer cited uh, statistics, including 45,000 Americans killed by firearms in the in U.S. in 2020, and the number of mass shootings that have already taken place in 22. Okay, once again, has nothing to do with this decision. You don't... Uh, concealed carry an AR-15. Okay. Many states have tried to address some of the dangers of gun violence, just uh, described by passing laws that limit in various ways who may purchase, carry, or use firearms of different kinds. Um, Samuel Alito, Justice Alito, in a, a concurring opinion, took issue with Breyer's reference to recent shooting. Does the dissent think the laws in New York prevent or deter such atrocities? Will a person bent on carrying out mass shooting be stopped if he knows that it is illegal to carry a handgun outside the home? And that's true. Now, if, if I want to go on a mass shooting, do I give a shit what the law is? 
most of your mass shootings, and I'm not talking about the ones popularized by the news media. I'm not talking about Uvalde, and I'm not talking about Buffalo. I'm talking about all the other ones that you never heard about. Guaranteed, today's Sunday, guarantee Google mass shootings this weekend, and you're going to see some. Because the mass shootings defined as, what, three or more people shot, not killed, not injured, just shot, shot at, you know, whatever. There, uh, unfortunately, there are mass shootings every week in this country. <laughs> See Chicago. Okay. The majority of those mass shootings are done by people illegally carrying a firearm. Whatever type of firearm that is, whether it's a handgun, a shotgun, a rifle, whatever. The only ones they focus on are the ones, obviously, with the deadly AR-15. Then, and then, especially in these two specific ones, Uvalde and Buffalo, they focus on, oh, both of those guns, both of those people obtain those guns legally via background checks. Now, granted, I will say this about that. Both of these two kids, I'm going to call them kids because they're 18, but I'm old, so anyone under, you know, 30 is a kid. Um, <laughs> maybe even a little older, but nonetheless. Both of these people had uh, juvenile records, juvenile, uh, I don't want to say medical records, but mental situations that in doing background checks don't come up. So yeah, should there be when doing background checks on individuals, especially probably under the age of, you know, even if you want to say 21, I personally don't have a problem with them doing a deep dive into a person's background when doing these background checks, uh, which is one of the things that was passed in this, um, in this law or, you know, this law that was signed on Friday by dipshit. Um, the biggest issue I have with the law that was signed is the red flag aspect. And I'll get into that here in a second. But um, the in Florida, much like it is, I think, in most states, you have a three-day waiting period. Now, it used to be called a cool-down period and whatever, which is crazy terminology to me. But um, if in three days, if I go to a gun shop to buy a gun, whatever type of gun that is, I fill out the paperwork, check all the boxes. So if you lie on that paperwork, uh, Hunter Biden, if you lie on that paperwork, that is a federal offense. And not only should you not be issued the firearm, you should be arrested for that. I mean, unless you're Hunter Biden, then it's fine. But nonetheless, um... When, when you fill this paperwork out, it doesn't take, you know, an hour to do it. It's, you know, a few minutes, fill it out. You give it to the, the clerk at the gun shop and then you give them their, your driver's license, you, you know, whatever. And then it's up to the state, you know, like in Florida, it's up to the FDLE for them to do the proper background check, run your license, run your social. Cause you have to put all this stuff on there. If anything pops up, then granted, you shouldn't get the gun. I get that stuff. But in, um, in these situations here, 
you're not even allowed. Like in New York, I don't even I don't even know how easy it is to purchase a gun, let alone get your concealed carry permit. If it's that hard just to get your concealed carry permit, I imagine it's harder and shit to get a gun. So, nonetheless, the the interesting thing is about the um, the Fourteenth Amendment, and and this is where we're going to carry into this law that was signed on um, Friday. So, you know, it's it's garnered as a sweeping legislation aimed at preventing gun violence. Um, so I guess he signed it on Saturday. When, so 30 years, da da sat. Yeah, so I guess he signed it Saturday. I'm sorry, I thought it was Friday. But at any rate, um, Biden called the signing of the legislation a monumental day and was proof that Democrats and Republicans could find common ground on important issues. Now, if if you just look at this on the surface of what it is, and let me see if I can find this. So the bill provides grants to states for red flag laws, enhances background checks to include juvenile records, and closes the boyfriend loophole by keeping guns away from unmarried dating partners convicted of abuse. Okay, fine. With the exception of the red flag law, I have no problem with the other two. Background checks, juvenile records, I have no problem with that because as we see these two guys, Uvalde and Buffalo, obviously had a juvenile history that wasn't able to be found when they went and purchased their their firearms. So it also required enhanced background checks for people ages 18 to 21 and funding for youth mental health services. So on the surface to me, so like when all this stuff happened, and even even if you go back to the um, the subway shooting in New York with Eric Davis or whatever, and he was using a Glock with the extended mags, 9mm. <laughs> I thought, okay, well, they're going to ban the extended mags. They're going to try and ban the ammo. They're going to try and... There's a whole lot of things that they really could have done for these... Um, this is basically... This gun law is, is a joke, with the exception of the red flag law, which is serious, and, and I'm going to get into that here in a second. But um, you... Um, it could have been worse. They could have tried and banned the AR-15. They could have tried and banned um, a lot of different guns, magazines, um, ammunition for that matter. You know, we talked about the ammo plants uh, not closing, but being told to not sell specific types of ammo to the public. Um, if that's happening, I guess remains to be seen or not. We, we talked about it the other day. But... As far as this bill, this was a this was a compromise between the two sides. Red flag laws being the key. Now the thing is here is basically what a red flag law entails is if you're if you're a person with, with guns, gun, guns, whatever. And I talked about a case and I and I'm gonna read that here in a second. Um, let me see. Let me pop it up here real quick. This was in 2015. Um, owner, uh, firearm owner Edward Edward Caniglia, um, his he had an argument with his wife. Police were called to perform a welfare check, where he agreed to undergo psychiatric evaluation at the hospital to determine suicide if he was suicidal, on the condition that the police do not confiscate his guns. Upon returning home, he found the police had unconstitutionally searched his house and seized his firearms. So, and that's where you, um, 
these red flag laws fall into a situation. So he got into a fight with his wife. His wife said he was suicidal. He said he wasn't. And he agreed to do a, you know, an evaluation as long as they didn't touch his stuff. And if he was cleared, he was good to go. But while he was doing that, they took his stuff. And that case went all the way to the um, Supreme Court where it was it was turned over by a 9-2-0 decision. That means every single one of the people, all the justices, both sides, I mean, they're not supposed to be political. So if you want to say conservative, liberal, whatever you want to say, all nine justices decided that what what had happened was wrong. And... And it was based around the due process of of what the police officers did. And um, so, you know, was the Fourth Amendment illegal search and seizure? And then I believe, let me look real quick. The 14th Amendment has to do with due process at a state level, which these police officers did not follow so due process essentially would have been this guy agreed to the evaluation in the meantime the police searched illegally and seized illegally his firearms was overturned by the um, Supreme Court now where what makes me curious moving forward is this bill provides grants for states for red flag laws. Now, the state of Florida has a red flag law also passed back after Parkland. So, and that's also when they raised the, the purchasing of rifles to 21, used to be 18. Um, now, in Florida, supposedly, I've, I haven't seen or heard much about the red flag law being enforced at any in any particular manner, I'm not saying it hasn't been, but I, I don't I don't know of any offhand. Um. So supposedly, in the state of Florida, the caveat to the red flag law is is that there is a process. So, for example, if me and my wife were to get into a fight, similar to this situation, and she said he's suicidal, whatever. By law, in the state of Florida, they would have to allow the the uh, psychiatric evaluation before doing that. Um, now, if the doctor said, yeah, he's suicidal, then, you know, whatever. But the thing is about red flag laws is you have states that have it and they still don't even do it. It's, it's like it's, okay, we have it wrote down. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens as, as time moves forward. So realistically, if there's any senators, congresspeople, uh, state attorneys, whatever the case may be, that has a hair on their ass, they should take this bill that was just signed on Saturday and take it straight to the fucking Supreme Court and argue its legitimacy of being constitutional. They just... Now, this <laughs> this red flag law was just... Uh, when was this? It was June 16th of last year. So <laughs> this this... This decision isn't just a, no, a year old on the 14, on the uh, red flag laws. Now, and this was, where was this at? California? Yeah. I think so. Somewhere. It was somewhere. I know that. <laughs> it doesn't specify. At any rate, but wherever it was at. Um, 
it was in America. I know that. So we got that going for us. In the, in the, but point being is the, the uh, Supreme Court said red flag laws are unconstitutional, period. Okay? In this case, the argument was about the red flag law. Supreme Court ruling delegitimized the red flag law, period. But yet we can sign a bill a year later pushing red flag laws. So why or who, I should say, is going to have the gumption to go ahead and say this law is unconstitutional and take it to the Supreme Court? I mean, how many times did Trump sign EOs or did they push laws or whatever under Trump's, you know, when he was running or, you know, as, as he was president, did they take stuff in front of the different courts to, you know, argue their constitutionality? What's the difference here? And then something Chris had said today, now who's to say they also, it's not kind of like a, a workaround. You know, I know the Biden administration likes to use that, um, where they say an anonymous source, like, okay, for people that don't know this, because you're morons and you pay attention to the wrong things, but if you go and buy a gun legally, which if you buy a gun at a gun shop, Walmart, you know, whatever, and you fill out the paperwork, you just legally purchase the firearm, okay? Now, contrary to popular opinion, you hear, you know, different things where they say, oh, uh, you know, everyone should have their, their firearms registered. Okay. Well, that would, <laughs> that would require you to not have guns that were legally purchased. So, okay, and, and the way that would work is if, uh, if you're a kid and your grandfather gave you a, a rifle, you know, and now that grandfather's dead and gone, but he gave you that rifle and you've, you know, whatever. Not that you've illegally required acquired that firearm, but it's not registered to you. It's registered to grandpa, right? So if I go and buy a gun wherever, at Walmart, you know, my local gun shop, whatever the case may be, I fill out that paperwork. So when you fill out your background check, once again, a little lesson, and you're buying, a, you know, I don't know, you're buying a Ruger 40 millimeter or 40 caliber uh, handgun, whatever. 40 millimeter, I'd be a hell of a gun, but 40 caliber <laughs> uh, handgun and a serial number one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So they, this is the gun I want. So they, when they fill out the paperwork, they put, okay, the customer's buying a Ruger 40, uh, model number, whatever, serial number one, two, three, four, um, blah, blah, blah. So now that gun, assuming you pass the background check, is, is on that piece of paper as belonging to you. So, they have your name and they have your the gun you just purchased registered. Now, if you happen to sell that gun to whomever, um, in some states it's legal for you to do that. My advice to you, if you do do that, make sure you go through the proper channels. Your best bet just to cover your ass, especially if it's someone you don't really know is go to your local gun shop and have them perform the background check, have them hold the gun. That's just my opinion, but whatever. Um, but um, where was I going with this? <laughs> Point being is you buy that gun in the gun shop, it's registered. Okay? So when, when you have these red flag laws, 
who's to say whatever state you're in, they don't like, especially if you're, if you're, how, how can I, how can I explain this? Let's just say you have a, a lot of guns. Okay. And, and, and I'm not going to say a number of guns because to some people, two guns might be a lot to some people, 20 guns might be a lot. Um, to some people, 20 guns might not be enough. I don't know. But so whatever, whatever, whoever determines what a lot of guns is, let's just put it like that. If they say, oh, wow, that, that Don guy, he's really acquired a lot of firearms and, you know, however, however much length of time, let's just fake a red flag situation and say an anonymous tipster, because it doesn't have to be a wife or a girlfriend. It could be you know, a work, uh, you know, someone at work or someone, you know, or whatever. And, and under the guides of anonymity, they could say, oh, well, we had an anonymous, um, complaint about your mental blah, 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 whatever. And then they come and get your guns. So could that be a way for them to kind of end around legally, quote unquote, legally, (laughs) take your guns from you? I don't know, but that's where someone, you know, like I said, a state's attorney, you know, a congressperson, a senator, whoever, whomever, whatever, all y'all, some of y'all, whatever, need to do this because it's it's just something that I can see coming back around to get us. As much as we are... As much as a lot of people might have been like, okay, well, cool. At least they didn't take our magazines or take our ammo or take this particular gun or that particular gun. And didn't they? <laughs> so I guess that's a, you know, wait, wait to be seen type situation. But um, it just, it really, it really irks me because you, you, you've had a lot of things going on. And this bill is centered around that red flag, flag law. And like I said, just over a year ago, the uh, the Supreme Court determined the red flag law was unconstitutional. So I don't know. I guess we, uh, um, you know, so since you know, since this has been deemed unconstitutional, how can it be a law now? When? Well, I, I already said this. So you know, so I, I wrote this down, and then I I'm sitting there saying it again. So, um. Let's see what I wrote here. When and who in the House didn't vote for this will have the balls to take the law in front of the Supreme Court and watch it get knocked down. Now, I understand this law was compromised. Okay, it's bullshit. I guess I should just read what I wrote instead of just winging it, right? <laughs> I wrote all this shit down. I'm an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So then that was on Thursday. So now on Friday, you had the really the shit stir. You had uh, the Supreme Court ruled on the Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health Organization which essentially overturned Roe v. Wade. But what does that mean? That means abortions are illegal. So, no, I'm joking. But, of course, that's what a lot of people think. So, in this week's Supreme Court ruling, Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health Organization, it's the greatest judicial reversal since Brown versus the Board of Education overturned racial seg- segregation in schools. And this is not primarily a victory for Republicans or conservatives. It is a resounding victory for millions yet-to-be-born children who now get to live out their God-ordained lives. 
So this is out off of Fox News, I should say. Fox, um, sorry, Friday's ruling is a sober reminder that 50 years of havoc that Roe v. Wade left in its wake. 63 million children have been murdered in the womb since 1973. Without question, abortion has to be the single greatest mortal, uh, moral stain on our nation's history. You know, the interesting thing is, before I read on, you know most of the countries in this world, abortion is illegal. But in this country, we lose our shit over this stuff. It's a, it's a, it's an astounding. Countries, you know, like Ukraine, that we stand with Ukraine. And guess what you can't get in Ukraine? An abortion. Guess what else you can't get in, in Ukraine? Married if you're gay. Follow me for more bullshit. You guys want to follow these fucking countries that are so great. And oh my God, they're being bombed by Russia. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Go ahead and live there. Tell me what you think. Anyway. As momentous as the ruling of the Dobbs was, um, however, we need to re- remember that this is not an outright nation, na- national ban on abortion. By overturning Roe v. Wade, the court has simply returned the authority to regulate abortion back to the state level. There will be an intense battle waged in all 50 states over this hot-button issue. The pro-life cause has won an important battle, but the war is far from over. Those who value life cannot afford to become weary in well-doing. So, basically, the way it boils down is this. Now, you did have a few states. I think there was nine states, if I'm not mistaken, um, that had what they had trigger laws. So, essentially, as soon as this happened, it became illegal in that state to be to get an abortion. Mississippi, I think Arizona, Texas, I, I don't know them all. Oklahoma, maybe. So, now, I don't know the specifics. If it's period, you can't get an abortion. Like in Florida, I think you have a certain amount of time. I want to say it's, well, I think it's similar to Texas. I See, I don't even think in Texas it's, a, it's illegal, quote-unquote, to get an abortion, period. I think you have the 15 weeks or whatever that term limit is. So, you know, a lot of these states have what you call a heartbeat bill. So, until there's a heartbeat you're able to get an abortion. So, now, say what you want about abortion. I personally don't care for it because I think, for the most part, and, you know, Chris threw up a, an interesting statistic. A lot of people will argue, what about rape? In the case of rape, if a woman gets raped, blah, blah, blah. 0. 0.7%. 0. 0.7% of all abortions are from rape cases. Now, I don't know exactly how many abortions happen every year. I would say if there's been 63 million in the last, we'll just call it 50 years, that's roughly, what, a million, a million and a half or so a year, maybe two million a year, whatever whatever the math, how, however that works out, a million something a year. So a 0.7, still a lot in the grand scheme of things, but not... Not as many as they want to make you think it is. Like, it's like if there's a million abortions a year, they want to argue and say that it's half. <laughs> half the abortions come from rape. And I'm not laughing about women getting raped. That's, that's a, you know what, if you're constitutionally caring, maybe you wouldn't get raped. Just throwing that out there. But nonetheless, um, it's, it's a small, very small percentage. So if a million abortions, um, 1% would be what? Um, uh, 
10,000, so 0.7 is like 7,000, you know, I mean, still a lot, but not 500,000, not all of them, that means the other 900 and whatever thousand abortions come from unwanted pregnancies. Now, whether it's a situation where, uh, you know, I had sex with my boyfriend, I accidentally got pregnant, we, we can't, we, you know, or I had sex with a random guy, I got pregnant. Okay, that's what they make condoms for. If you're going to, excuse my language here, what I'm about to say, but if you're going to be a whore and fuck random guys that you meet at a bar or the club or whatever the case may be, I'm not talking about women to get raped. I'm not talking about that. But, like, if, if it's a situation where I had a one-night stand with a dude and got pregnant... If you're going to be that way, yeah, you can make the argument, oh, well, the man should wear a condom. Okay, cool. I get that. He should wear a condom mainly so he doesn't get the HIV or monkeypox or whatever because, God, if you're willing to spread the legs for a one-night stand, what might you? What other issues might you have? But that's a discussion for another day. But my point is, yeah, it takes two to tango. Both participants should be responsible for um, the uh, the protection, so to speak. But if you're if you're a dude and you meet a girl at a bar or club, whatever, and uh, you know one thing leads to another, and you end up having um, a one night stand with this person, if you're a female, you should be the one that really takes. If you're willing to spread your legs, and it wasn't forced. You should be the one taking the precaution. You know, now if I'm a guy and I'm doing that, I'd probably want to take the precaution just because this girl's pretty easy. Who else is she doing this with? And what kind of situation might I be walking into? And I'm not talking about having a baby. I'm talking about whatever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, abortion shouldn't be used as um, birth control. Now, they have, what is it, the plan B I think is what it's called, the pill that you can go, and I think within a day or however many days it is, you can go to your local pharmacy. It's an over-the-counter thing. I mean, you have to ask the pharmacist for it, but nonetheless, you can get it. They're not crazy expensive. I think they're a hell of a lot cheaper than an abortion, if I had to guess. But um, there is that option, especially if you have sex. If I have, you know, if I'm a female and I had sex tonight with some random dude. And he wasn't wearing a condom and I don't have, you know, I'm not on the pill or whatever. And he did his business inside of me. Well, you know, common basic knowledge of how the uh, sexual anatomy works in, in humans would tell you that there's probably a good chance that I just got knocked up. Maybe, maybe I should run to the pharmacy tomorrow and say, you know, I might have whatever. Can I get one of those plan B pills? You know, okay. Or... There is always the option of just, you know, don't be a little whore. There is that. Now, even in the case of rape, and like I said, I'm not excusing rape, and I'm not saying, you know, that if you get raped, you get raped, whatever. I'm not saying that. But in that same instance, if you get raped, okay, if if you're, God forbid, if you're a female and you get raped, And once again, knowing basic chemistry and basic biology of how babies are created, if, like I said, God forbid, if you get raped and the man does what he does to make a girl pregnant, once again, 
there's you don't have to wait two, three, four, five months to figure out if you need to get an abortion or not. So, you know, like I said, I'm not excusing rape, and rape's a horrible thing. But we can't just keep killing babies because, oops, I got pregnant. Now, um, I have a friend that I went to school with, and she's very much against abortion. And um, she's, you know, my age. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> they have a they have a baby. Um, I don't know exactly. Probably four or five years old, if I had to guess, three or four, somewhere around there. Um, I don't I don't talk to her. I mean, we're friends on Facebook. I just you know we went to school together, and uh, looks like her son probably has Dow Dow syndrome. Um, when she had put a post on Facebook, and I'm not going to say her name or whatever, but it just this post had struck me when she wrote this, and she was like, you know. When I was pregnant with him, you know, the doctors told me that there's a good chance that this is how he's going to be, you know, now would be a good time if you wanted to abort him. And now she's like, yeah, he's got issues, but she could never imagine her life without him. So, you know, when I was young, I was 19 when my daughter was born, you know, you don't sit there and say, um oh, shit, you know, this isn't what I had planned. Let's get an abortion. Um, you, you, you figure it out. If you're willing to take those chances, then you have to be willing to figure it out. You know, there's a lot of people in this country that have kids too young. And I'll be the first to admit I was too young. But in the grand scheme of things... As life has progressed, now my daughter is almost 30. She just turned 29. My um, my son, which I had, you know, we had three years after, just turned 26. <laughs> Here's the way I look at it. Yeah, I was young. Yeah, we struggled. But now I'm 48, <laughs> about to be 49, and they're long out of the house. My son's got a wife and just had a kid. My daughter's married. They live, my son and his wife and kid have a house. And my daughter and her husband have a house. And and we have an empty nest. <laughs> so there are perks. So it's not all bad is what I'm trying to say. You might suffer. You might have to work two jobs. You might have to do what you have to do. But you do what you have to do. I think the thing that pisses me off about this whole Roe versus Wade thing is <laughs> is the hypocrisy of how we are as Americans. And I'm going to say we because it works on both sides. So, you know, there, there's, this, there's this guy. He did a TikTok. I know, TikTok, whatever. But he, <laughs> this post he did, I, I went ahead and I'm going to play it for you. Because very interesting way of explaining it. And I don't want to mess it up. So I wanted to save it and, and play it for you guys so you could understand what it is. This is a message for liberal white women. Look, nobody's coming for your abortions. Okay? What we really want is common sense abortion control. 
That means mandatory background checks with mental health assessments, along with entering a national registry for abortions and paying a $200 tax stamp that could take up to one year on a wait list to receive. We would seek to outlaw assault abortions occurring after the first trimester, along with high-capacity abortions, including twins and triplets. And ultimately, we would like to limit the number of abortions any person can have because nobody needs more than one abortion. So, you know, the, I know he's being funny. Ha, ha, ha. But I will say this about that. So the high capacity for twins and triplets, whatever, the tax stamp, you know, $200 tax stamp it takes up to a year, obviously. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> a year later, you've already had the baby, right? But I do agree with, with a few of the things. I'm going to play it again. And I'm going to play. I'm going to start and stop in the, in the middle because he makes some good points. This is points. a message for liberal white women. Okay, Look. so liberal white women. I, I, I want to say this. This isn't about white. It's liberal women in general because we all know Planned Parenthood was started by Margaret Singer. Who her main objection, ob, objection, objective in doing Planned Parenthood, and if you notice, a lot of these these uh, clinics are in the inner city. The main objective to Planned Parenthood initially, and I'm not saying it's like this now, but initially, was to kill black babies. Look it up, Margaret Singer. But listen to what he has to say here. Nobody's coming for your abortions true nobody's coming for your abortions okay what we really want is common sense abortion control right. that means mandatory background checks with mental health assessments along so there you go i think that's perfect i think you should if you are a female you should have to go in a, through an evaluation process okay if i get if i'm a female and i get pregnant and you know most women uh, if I if 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 you don't know you're pregnant, you generally can have an idea within what a month, right? So if you had a one night stand tonight, and a month from now, you should probably know if you're pregnant or not, or at least have an idea that you might be, right? So you go take a pregnancy test. Oh shit, I'm pregnant. So within four to six weeks of of doing the deed, you should know that you're pregnant. Then, if you think, okay, if my automatic response is, okay, I'm pregnant, I need to have an abortion. If that's your automatic response, then you should have to go through an evaluation. Along with entering a national registry for abortions and paying a $200 tax stamp. Now, obviously, he's being facetious there. <laughs> he obviously couldn't go into a national registry, hippo, blah, blah, blah. And tax stamp, obviously, would take a year. So, But I do agree with the that could take up to the, one year on um, the mental evaluation assault abortions ha 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 you know twins triples whatever twins and triplets and ultimately we would like to limit the number of abortions any person can have because nobody needs more than one abortion right and and that's an interesting point now if if you're a female and you accidentally get pregnant however that accident occurred i'm not talking about rape I'm talking about i had sex with my boyfriend oops one slip past the goalie or um i had a one-night stand with a dude from a bar and i got pregnant 
if that's a constant occurrence and you're having multiple abortions, then yeah, maybe something should be said about that. I just think it's an interesting point. And obviously this guy put it on TikTok as a joke and ha ha ha. And I get it. But in my opinion, he made some pretty good points there. If, if nothing more, if everything else there was a joke, ha, 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 the first thing he said that you should be evaluated. Now, I've personally, I've never had an abortion, so I, I can't say what the process is. Um, I would assume you have to fill out paperwork of some sort. But why shouldn't there be some sort of a mental evaluation? If, if that's what you're trying to say should happen with people that want to purchase guns. I mean, that's what he's doing. He's equating it to buying a gun um, or an AR-15 or whatever. So in all seriousness, why shouldn't you have to go through that? I'm not saying that if you're 18, you know, and, and furthermore, I don't know how it works. i am be honest with you. But I think if you're under 18, do your parents have to get contacted? I mean, if not, they should. Because, you know, it's a medical procedure. You know, if, if, if you were having, if you were a 16-year-old female and you were having some sort of surgery, parents have to be there to sign off on it. What's the difference? But then what pisses me off also, <laughs> guess what, is all the outrage. And not even the outrage from the people, but from our politicians. Now, you know, what was it? January 6th, right? Remember, something happened January 6th. I can't recall. Something. <laughs> but, you know, Trump said, said these words. To confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. Anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Now, of course, that was off of NBC and they're not going to say the part where he said peacefully march down there and whatever but at any rate that was the speech where everyone lost their shit january 6th happened after that and then it was all trump's fault because he said what he said and caused everybody to do whatever okay whatever so how is that what started an insurrection allegedly but this is maxine waters are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. Black women will be out in droves. We will be out by the thousands. We will be out by the millions. We're going to make sure we fight for the right to control our own bodies. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Hello, young girls. We're fighting for you. All right, so 
We're going to fight like hell. We're going to do whatever. We're gonna, okay, so then <laughs> this was this was Friday. You had her out there saying her things. AOC was out there saying her things. Then <laughs> Arizona had a trigger law on abortion. So what happened? There was an, an insurrection. That's, it, that's the popular word. That's what we're going to call it. We had people overrun the state capitol while their state senators and congresspeople were in session. So should Maxine Waters, should AOC, these people should be arrested and tried in front of the court of their peers for uh, inciting an insurrection. Right? Well, what's the difference? You want to, oh, it's because because it's Trump, it's okay if AOC and Maxine Waters and whoever the hell else was doing the thing. So that's the thing that really pisses me off is all this fucking hypocrisy. Roe v. Wade should have never gone in front of the Supreme Court in 1973. Period. This is state-by-state state issue. It's not nowhere in the Constitution is there anything about abortions or health care for that matter. Contrary to popular opinion, the Constitution says jack about either of those things. So that should be a state-by-state state issue, which is what just happened. The Dobbs v. Uh, women's, Jackson's, whatever, health organization takes it back to the state. So deal with it in Mississippi. In Florida, you're going to deal with whatever. Texas, so on and so forth. If you have a problem with that, <laughs> vote in your local elections. Everyone's so focused on presidents. No one pays attention to... I've, I've been saying this for a while. Your local elections affect you more than who the president is. Now, I will also say, <laughs> I will contradict myself in saying this, that in the exception of Biden being president with gas, by him, day one, shutting off that pipeline has put us in the position. Say what you want about Russia and Putin. I don't give a shit about that. These numbers were rising before all that happened. So, but basically the most... <laughs> Everything that affects you the most is whoever you elect for your governor, your state senators and Congress people, your your mayors, your those affect you more than this. And much like anything else, if you live in Florida and you don't like the abortion laws, move. <laughs> if you live in Mississippi, in Arizona and Texas and Oklahoma and whoever else says whatever else, fucking move. Take your ass to California and you can have an abortion all the way up to the babies being born. Like <laughs> we had joked about this today when we were at the gym saying, you know, if these <laughs> if these people had it up to them and you get like a seven day guarantee, like you have the baby and there's like seven days you can go ahead and return it. Eh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And the funny, eh, it's not funny, but I guess the ironic thing about that is in a lot of states they have those uh what are they safe havens or those drop-offs you know where you can you have a baby you could drop it off at a you know fire station or whatever it's kind of the same thing i guess i mean you're not killing the baby but uh you get 
get a refund on it. I don't know the words I'm looking for there, but but all these people are just losing their minds. And and the one thing that drives me the most crazy is watching these protests. Is the amount of the uh, I don't even know the acronym the LGBTQ FPG plus one whatever it is uh, the the gay population that's losing their mind over this bill. And I have to ask the question, why? Uh, if you're a woman and you like women, or you're a guy and you like guys, this has nothing to do with you because you're not going to have a baby. If anything, it helps you be able to, there's going to be more kids out there you can adopt. So why are, why are these people losing their mind over this? And then to furthermore, you heard stuff about Clarence Thomas saying, oh, he's going to outlaw contraceptive. No, he never said that. He he's against uh, interracial marriage. His wife's white. <laughs> what the fuck, are you guys coming up with this stuff? It just drives me crazy. The the craziness that people just try to throw shit. They they just throw as much shit at the wall to see what sticks. All right. In closing today, this came across this morning when I was searching the the Twitterazzi there. So this this actually broke late last night. I saw this this morning when I got up. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Remember her? She's officially on suicide watch and may seek sentencing delay, says her lawyer. So this is out of the New York Post. Ghislaine, uh, Jizzy, Maxwell is on suicide watch, but isn't really suicidal, her attorney said Saturday. The declaration of suicide watch for the disgraced British socialite and Jeffrey Epstein Powell had her attorney, uh, had her attorney promising that she'd that she looked to delay Maxwell's sentencing on charges that she recruited underage girls for Epstein to abuse. If Miss Maxwell remains on suicide watch, is prohibited from reviewing legal matters prior to sentencing, becomes sleep deprived, and is denied sufficient time to meet with her, um, with and confer with counsel, will be formally moving on Monday for an adjournment. Attorney Bobby Sternum, yeah. <laughs> wrote in a letter to U.S. Circuit Judge uh, Allison Nathan, Maxwell, 61, hasn't been able to properly prepare because officials at a Brooklyn federal prison abruptly put her in solitary confinement and informed her she was on suicide watch Friday, the letter said, according to Reuters. As part of her suicide watch, her regular clothes, toothpaste, soap, and papers were taken away. Maxwell has put been put been was put on suicide watch Though she is not suicidal, according to her attorney, a psychologist evaluated Maxwell and backed up that assessment. So then now, is this, I'm pretty sure this is the same facility that her, uh, that Epstein, quote unquote, killed himself in, right? So magically, her doctor that evaluated her, her lawyer, all these people are saying she's not suicidal, but yet the prison says she is. They put her in solitary confinement. Nothing to see here. So it'll be interesting. You know, everyone kind of thought that this story has gone away. But I will say to me, it's interesting that this comes up now. Is it is it a move in the sense of like a juicy small A where they're trying to get her out? Based on on this, I don't know. But 
just know that with her being put on suicide watch, what happens? What happens if she quote unquote kills herself? You know, you had uh, Epstein kill himself. You had what was his name? John Luke. I always joke around. I, don't, I can't think of the dude's name, but I say uh, Picard and Chris is like, oh no, not Captain. You know, but you know his buddy there in France a couple months ago killed himself. What do, what do these people know? I shouldn't ask. That's a stupid question because we believe we know what these people know, and that's why they're <laughs> killing themselves because the things that they know, they don't want you to know. Now, Ghislaine and Jeffrey and the other guy, I can't think of his name offhand, but that guy <laughs> would like to be able to cut deals and say, you know, Bill Clinton did this and... I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. No, but this person did this and that person did. They don't want you to know that because obviously, right? So just something interesting. Story breaks late Saturday night, so no one's talking about it. Here it is Sunday. You're probably not going to hear much about it. It might pop up on some podcasts on Monday, but just know it's Sunday June 26, 2022, you heard it here first. Even if you don't listen to this before you listen to whomever else and they talk about it, just know I talked about it first, sugar water. <laughs> but the reason I say these things is this, is obviously I'm whoring for downloads, right? <laughs> so the reason I say the things I say when I tell you stories like this about Ghislaine Maxwell possibly committing suicide sooner or later is so that if you listen to whomever else first, if this is not your only podcast of choice, then, and that's fine, I get it. I listen to other podcasts too. I'm not, not saying that this is the only one you need to listen to. My point is this, and and I've talked to Chris about this, and I'm like, the thing that really bugs me is, is, is we break just as good of stories as a lot of these other podcasts that I listen to and a lot of times we're, we're, we're early, we're beating them to the punch. And I'm not saying they don't know about it, but we just might record before them, whatever. But my point being is if you listen to Tim Pool or Bongino or uh, Poso or Glenn Beck or Lateral Crowder or Joe Rogan, and I'm not trying to compare myself to these guys. I get it. I'm just a very tiny fish in their large ocean. I get it. What I'm trying to tell you guys is you're not wasting your time listening to this. I don't listen to those guys, hear what they have to say, and then bring you information. If anything, I listen to those guys. And if it's something that I was going to talk about and they talk about it, I don't talk about it. I try to find a different avenue. Now, granted, if they did shows Friday or whatever, they probably talked about the Second Amendment ruling and the, the abortion ruling. They probably talked about that stuff. But this is these are stories that are too big. You can't, you cannot talk about you have to bring it up you have to give I have to give my perspective anyway what I'm trying to get at is this please share this with your friends spread the word the 50 or so loyal listeners that I have that we have listening to the show I really it really depends on you guys and gals to spread this information and and not even about these stories per se I'm just talking about the show in general so we do the show. I try to do it three days a week. I know I missed Friday. Wife was off. I was, you know, I got off of work early. We went away for the weekend. You know, 
like I've said time and time again, full-time job, part-time podcast. I'm not getting paid to do this. So until I start earning a paycheck doing this podcast, it's going to be when I have the opportunity to do it. I try to stay consistent three days a week, Sunday or Monday, Wednesday and Friday. I'm going to stick to that schedule as much as I possibly can. But I do have a life and I have a wife and I have kids and grandkids and they come first. Sorry. (laughs) Like I said, unless I start earning a nice little chunk of change doing this show and I'll never ask you guys for money. But if you want to donate, go to... No, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, um, until that time happens, until I can finally hit it big and start collecting a paycheck and have to quit my job, it is what it is. But on that note, I need you guys to help me spread the word and uh, see what happens, right? All right, guys. On that note, it is June 26, 2022, and I will talk to you again on Wednesday. I promise I will talk to you again on Wednesday. You guys have a great day, and please don't forget, spread the word. Go to social media. Spread the word on social media. Follow us. Spread the word there. Spread the word. That's the, that's the word for the day. Spread the word. All right, guys. You guys have a great day, and I will talk to you again on Wednesday. I promise. See you later.